1: That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, UnitedHealthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
0: Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, China is a source of curiosity and in the present geopolitical circumstances where Vladimir Putin and the Russian Federation are engaged in a brutal assault on a neighbor, Ukraine. What position China takes is of uh, real importance that we understand that the Chinese economy is not doing very well, but we also know that for Putin's invasion, Of Ukraine, we could easily imagine China in solving one of its most serious problems, Mm -hmm. Taiwan, by doing the Mm -hmm. same. And if China were to attack Taiwan and overtake it with force, we'd be living in a very dangerous world indeed. And to discuss this, it's a pleasure now to welcome to the stand Ian Williams. Ian is a journalist of, of massive distinction. He's won an Emmy and a BAFTA. Award for his discovery of and reporting the Serb detention camps during the war in Bosnia. He's worked for Channel 4 News and NBC in Moscow and in China. And his most recent book is The Fire of the Dragon, China's New Cold War. In you're welcome to the stand. Thank you very much for joining us. We have seen in recent weeks a lot of rumor and speculation about what might be happening in China. Now, it's not so long ago since Xi Jinping was confirmed for another term, which means he will be chairman for life if all goes well. But the foreign minister has disappeared, and a number of top members of the armed forces have also been disappeared. What's going on in China, Ian? And in particular, what is China thinking in the context of Putin and his invasion of Ukraine and to the Western response to it?
2: Well, the first significant disappearance, well, it's not unusual for people to disappear in China, I might add, but uh, in towards the end of June, Qin Gang, who was the relatively new foreign minister appointed by Xi Jinping, regarded very much as a protégé of of Xi, promoted over the heads of others who seemed to be more senior for that job. He was made foreign minister back in December, uh, lasted approximately 6 months and then simply disappeared without explanation on the eve of a summit he was supposed to go to in southeast asia and as the weeks went on there was no clear explanation emerged the foreign ministry spokesperson floundered around with all all sorts of half-baked um semi-explanations about uh, uh initially that uh, he he was perhaps in in ill health and then announcing that in fact she didn't have any information um and then two months later we had the appointment of the old uh, um, foreign minister who who had been uh shifted out of the job a few months earlier no explanation new foreign minister um then of course the focus went to the the rocket force now this is a pretty pivotal and, and pretty vital organization within the People's Liberation Army. It's responsible for the nuclear arsenal, the ballistic missiles, as well as an awful lot of other missiles, a lot of which are trained on Taiwan. Um, there'd been rumors for a while of turmoil at the top of the rocket force. Um, but this was confirmed last month when a new general and um, some of his close li- lieutenants were appointed to the top of the uh, of the rocket force. No explanations as, as to what had happened to those below him. Rumors of corruption. Rumors possibly of espionage. Um, no explanation, uh, wholesale upheaval and replacement of some of the very senior generals. Now, again, corruption is not unusual within the PLA. In fact, it used to pretty much go with the territory. They uh, used to run enormous businesses with more enthusiasm than they did in preparing for war. Uh, But this does raise all sorts of concerns, given this is so central to Chinese strategy. It's engaged in a huge buildup of nuclear forces at the moment. It has uh, hundreds of missiles aimed at Taiwan. And there's enormous speculation as, as to what really has been going on behind the scenes there.
0: Yes. And how has the Russian invasion of Ukraine, which was expected to take care of in three days and be over very quickly, and is now 18 months on. What change has that brought about in Chinese thinking about the West?
2: I think that China has been watching very closely um, a number of aspects of what's going on in Ukraine and the, the, the sort of blundering Russian invasion. But one of the things that will have been noted by generals in Beijing is that the West has been very cautious about getting directly involved and has been very calibrating in in, in slowly building up uh, what it's prepared to give to Ukraine. And this has been interpreted as not wanting to uh, get embroiled in a fight with a nuclear-armed Russia. And many of those close to Xi Jinping conclude, well, this means that we should rapidly build up our own nuclear forces, yes. which which is happening and has been happening for some time. There have been a number of analyses of uh, silo um, sites in the far west of the country, vast new silo um, facilities. Uh, and the, the, the view is that China is moving from what they used to describe as a minimum deterrence to quite substantially increasing its nuclear arsenal. And one interpretation of this is that they've seen what's happening in, in Ukraine. They've seen how the West has been cautious uh because of Russia's nuclear weapons and Russia's uh, ra- rather irresponsible threatening to, 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 to use them at almost every juncture uh, but that has um, pr- produced some caution among among uh, NATO NATO allies and you know China's clearly drawing lessons from that as it looks to uh, see how it can snatch Taiwan um, while keeping Western allies at bay and preventing them from from intervening.
0: yes, I did see I believe, quote from Xi Jinping suggesting that there would be no winners in a nuclear conflict. I think it was in response to something that Putin had threatened or that his awful foreign minister had threatened.
2: Yeah, I mean, he, he has come out with a number of comments which have been interpreted as criticism of Uh, Russia's rather reckless language in regard to nuclear weapons. Now, let's not forget that even during the Cold War, yes, the nuclear weapons were there. This is the Cold War against the Soviet Union. But they were never brandished around in in the manner in which uh, Putin and some of his closest supporters have been doing uh, they were always there, this balance of terror in the background, but never quite brandished in the way that Putin has been and Medvedev, uh, and, and others who, are, who are, who are close to him. And China has come forward and, and criticized, uh, what it sees as sort of reckless language surrounding uh, weapons that should not be brandished like that. But at the same time, that hasn't prevented Xi's own generals in enduring conclusions about how the existence of a vast nuclear arsenal in Russia is um, influencing NATO decision-making on Ukraine and, and the way they calibrate their response.
0: Yes, uh, the American position on Taiwan has always been what... You- I suppose it might be called or was called in other contexts, a uh, constructive ambiguity. In other words, until uh, Joe Biden came along, and I think four times in his presidency, he has said that America will intervene if China invades Taiwan. That really is a departure, isn't it? There's also Australia and Japan. They have met and talked about this prospect. So does the apparent shift in America's posture, as expressed by Joe Biden, alter China's thinking?
2: I think it does. Um, Let's not forget, of course, that each time Biden has made those comments, uh, the White House or the State Department have have sort of rode them back a bit. But I think the fact remains that it's inconceivable that Western powers, and, and I include also Japan, um, would stand idly by in the event of a, of a Chinese invasion of, of Taiwan. But there are several complicating factors here. I mean, you, you, you could argue that China has already involved in a war on Taiwan, but more yes. of a gray war uh, with a whole variety of different tools from cyber to military intimidation around the island. And, um, to misinformation, disinformation aimed at the island. So there is a form of conflict already underway, which in some way is more difficult to combat than a full-on invasion, which would still be extremely difficult to achieve. Um, but certainly, I think there is a new thinking in Washington and among American allies. Uh, to me, one of the most astounding changes in, in recent years has been in Japan, which has quite explicitly linked its own security with that of Taiwan. Um, And it's inconceivable to me that uh, Western powers and Japan would not intervene on behalf of Taiwan. Now, what that intervention adds up to, what it would mean, we don't know because there are several variations on that. And American bases in that area are very vulnerable to potential Chinese missile attack which is why they they were following a policy of dispersing their forces, um, following a policy of having facilities rather than full on bases. Uh, the recent agreement with the Philippines, for example, um, is not a strict basing agreement uh, as we would conventionally understand it, but an agreement to use facilities in, in the Philippines as and when they need them. So it's, you know, the thinking is, is changing and evolving and I think becoming rather smarter and to give them more flexibility as to how and where and when they would respond in the event of Chinese aggression against Taiwan.
0: Now, you recently spoke to a celebrated Chinese artist, Ai Weiwei. Yes. He is in Portugal now. How does he see these developments?
2: He thinks things are extremely dangerous at the moment. He has, he feels that the world has never been so dangerous. Yes, um, and and it worries him worries him a lot. I mean, his art is all about uh, using reality um, and intertwining reality with aspects of of, of, of art. Um, and he he jokes that there's you know there's plenty of unpleasant reality around there at the moment, yes. and uh, he's a man who has brought humour, irony uh, into his work. Um, he, he he once said to me that the, commun- the Chinese Communist Party was one of the funniest things that exists, but doesn't have a sense of humour. <laughs> and and they and they they don't like being laughed at or having fun poked at them, which is precisely what he does. But he does feel at the moment that the world is 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 a very dangerous place, and and um, we may be careering towards a conflict which would be very very damaging all round.
0: Would it be, if stating the obvious, Ian? And I hope you forgive me if I suggested that if Donald Trump. Becomes president of the United States next year, fifteen months from now, whatever dangers exist will be compounded in a big way.
2: That that could well be the, the case. I, mean, I I had a conversation um recently about what a Donald Trump presidency another donald trump presidency might mean and what china's likely preferences in looking in assuming it is a runoff again between biden and and uh and trump uh but it was i couldn't find any agreement because I, the, the, there's clearly a, a, some thinking in china that that anything could be better than biden and getting trump back would uh, once again introduce a certain amount of dysfunction shall we say into the system and uh between between allies which of course would be perhaps good for china but on the other hand it was trump who changed the conversation on china um yes early on in his term he was talking about what a great guy xi was he you know he rather liked strong men did trump. yes <laughs> um but by the end by the time trump left office uh we had economic sanctions we had a far more robust policy you could argue that trump very much changed the conversation on 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 china um and so that will figure highly in in, in beijing's thinking when they look to see who might be better for them in the in the white house he's an unpredictable figure he he you know the, the chances of of Terrible dysfunction are very are very high. Uh, allies, I would I would think, are um, intrepidation at a return of, of Trump, which of course China would regard as perhaps something positive. Um, but then again, yes, Trump changed the conversation, and he was ended up being pretty tough on China. So it, it's hard to know who they would prefer. But yes, another Trump presidency would uh, would certainly be difficult.
0: In terms of the Chinese economy and uh, the well-publicized notion that it's not functioning and it's causing uh, trouble, particularly youth unemployment, which I understand is at 20%, which seems to me remarkable. Is that figure accurate and are suggestions that the Chinese economy is in trouble accurate?
2: I saw some suggestion recently that those figures might even be an understatement uh because unemployment in China has always been quite difficult to measure because people tend to go back to the countryside to go back to the yes uh, it's 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 more difficult than in a western context to read into it but certainly it is by china's standards very high and there's a lot of Spoken about the pact that existed, particularly with, with with young people, that they stayed clear of politics in exchange for uh, uh, greater social and economic opportunities, and that pact has now gone. Uh, it, there are too many graduates, and there are not enough jobs suitable for graduates. There are other jobs if they're willing to do them, but China's producing this. Uh, cadre of uh, educated youngsters for whom there are no jobs, and that is potentially enormously destabilizing. I mean, I felt for a long time the Chinese economy is an accident waiting to happen. Yes. It, it is very much, uh, We know, we, we look at the property sector at the moment, which is, for all intents and purposes, a giant Ponzi scheme. Um and but but in many ways it's it's a microcosm of of the economy as a whole with its sort of eye-watering levels of debt its terrible uh, wasteful investment its lack of uh, its opacity um and you're already seeing that the property crisis spill into um the financial sector with the the shadow Banking sector, which is enormous. No one knows how enormous because it's it's been hidden. But the debts are huge, local government debts, all tied up with the property companies and shadow banking. Now, one argument has always been that China can defy the laws of economic gravity because it's not an open economy. It can just print the money, it can create yet more debt to bail out all these entities. But Yes and no. I mean, that the, the, there are limits, and it is all terribly wasteful. And, and it, Chinese leaders seem to accept that they have to change the model, that they can't continue with a, a system which is so tied to wasteful investment and, and property, which is know, anything up to a third of the, of the economy, um, but they seem unable to do it. It's all very well talking about shifting to a consumer or an innovation-led economy, But is the Communist Party capable of doing that? Yes. Uh, When when it wants to be in every boardroom, in every lecture theater, in every laboratory, there's not much room there for the sort of creative thinking and the sort of decentralization that you need to enact those economic reforms.
1: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: Now, when Xi Jinping was, um, it was a coronation, really, wasn't it? When he was uh, confirmed as ruler of the Chinese Communist Party, I think it was back in March, It made him, it was said, the most powerful leader since Mao. Is that accurate in your view, Ian? I think it is. I think it is. And what problems does it bring with it? It, I think it brings big problems because
2: you you can't pass the buck. You know, he's he's the man. I mean, we saw uh, over zero COVID and the disaster that that was uh, the the lockdowns that the 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 reluctance to lift the restrictions right up until the end of last last year and then abruptly doing some at what cost we don't know because those figures um like with the, <laughs> the youth unemployment figures are not published um as the youth unemployment figures now will not be it's the the solution to bad news bad figures is you stop publishing yes. them um but no w- when you have the power he does um, it's very difficult to blame somebody else yes Um, and I think that is very dangerous because uh, there are factions there are plotters there there are those who will feel aggrieved by the way he muscled his way to the top they will be biding their time Um, and these could be very dangerous times for Xi when you you look at his record he hasn't achieved much Um, and he's messed up a lot um, right. if you look at what he played that, that's all the to contrary
0: do. to the impression ignorant people like me ha- have that china is powerful economically strong and more confident than it's ever been it's certainly confident
2: um how confident i don't know because you've also got massive insecurities massive paranoia which underlines a lot of what they say a lot of what they do and the way they behave it's two sides of the same coin almost. Yes, it can appear to be confident, you know, our time has come. The West yes. is in terminal decline, decaying, decadent, you know, where East is on the rise, all this sort of uh, guff. But when, when you flip it over, there's an incredible insecurity there. There's incredible paranoia. Um, I mean, I think it's the nature of any totalitarian system. Yes. That you, you will never blame yourself. It's always someone else's fault. There's always someone else out there who has created the problems, never yourself. Um, but most of what we see, most of the issues we see economically, politically uh, for China at the moment are its, its own creation, whether this is the pushback internationally uh, or whether it's the economic problems at home um so i i think that i'm a big believer in this notion of peak china that we that that, that we have seen the limits or we right. are witnessing perhaps the limits of its economic and diplomatic power and we're now going into a whether it's a period of stagnation or decline it's harder to to read and this certainly doesn't mean it's any less dangerous quite the contrary um But uh, I don't, I don't, yep, there is the appearance of confidence, but you scratch the surface and there's enormous insecurity.
0: Just a final question, Ian, would it help Xi Jinping and the party if they had a foreign adversary? Would it take the minds off uh, people about their own situation? It's It's an old way of doing business all around the world. That's fine I, I think that's... Let's find an enemy. Let's find one.
2: Exactly, and um, they don't have to look far, of course, and in many ways they have found one. Yes. Um, but uh, I think that is a very real danger. It's, it's the oldest trick in the book. Uh, yep. You know, if you have problems at home, you, you bang the nationalist drum. And the co- the Chinese Communist Party is, by all intents and purposes, a nationalist party. It's no longer really a communist party. And it's a rapidly nationalist party. Um, and I think there is a real danger. And this is something which was pointed out to me when I was in Taipei last year by Joseph Wu, the the, the foreign minister. He really felt that the worst or more challenging, the economic situation became at home. And the more latent opposition there was bubbling under against Xi, the more tempted he would be to lash out internationally. And it is a real danger.
0: Okay, Ian, we're very grateful to you for joining us uh, today. Ian Williams is a very distinguished journalist and he's an author. And his most recent book is The Fire of the Dragon, China's New Cold War. It's a fantastic read. And of course, China is a place of enormous interest. So we're grateful to Ian, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon.